Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast, Film Jerks, is truly one of the most spoiler-filled film podcasts ever recorded. It contains ridiculous opinions, which under no circumstances should be listened to by anyone that has a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset by film spoilers. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person, or parent of a young and impressionable child now listening, that you skip to the end of the podcast for our ratings and live your lives free of disagreeing with overtly opinionated people. You'll live longer. Film Jerks is a group where we, as a community, pick a film to watch, then discuss like little old ladies in a book club. Only our films have decapitations and nude slumber party pillow fights. If you wish to become part of the conversation and become a film jerk, go to the Facebook group and join. Film Jerks can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Welcome to Film Jerks 2.0. In our discussion table, uh, this episode is, of course, the fabulous lipstick jerk, Angelique. Uh, how are you today and uh, what have you been up to? Oh, I'm wonderful. Thanks for asking. Uh, just been working and, you know, watching crazy movies as usual. Uh, also at our table is our guest jerk, uh, the movie-licious Mark the Movie Man. Movie-licious. I like that one. <laughs> I, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks. Uh, you know, I, I was listening to your last film jerks, the Blood Mania one, the first one, dug it. And I just I watched through it again. And do you realize there is nudity every six minutes in that film? <laughs> I am disappointed that this one did not have such a ratio. I tell you. Oh. <laughs> Well, the the, the snake t- snake per uh, per second ratio was uh, heightened in this movie, I'm sure. So, would you would you say we went from from, from boobs to trouser snakes? We we went from boobs to trouser snakes. Sure, we'll go with that. That sounds good. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> on that note, I am uh, of course your bow tie jerk, Paul. Uh, and uh, if you can hear it in my voice, I got a little bit of a cold lately. And uh, of course, everybody you know about this time of year has cold. So, uh, but uh, you know, we'll 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 go through the the episode, and uh, hopefully, we'll uh, catch some insight in what Stanley is all about. Since the very beginning of time, in the Garden of Eden, one of God's creatures has symbolized the darkest fears of man's primitive emotions. It is a creature that is hypnotic, sensual, and loathsome. It is the snake. But not all men have known a snake like Stanley. Meet Stanley, a snake unlike any you have ever seen, in a motion picture that will make your skin crawl. A terrifying journey into the primitive swamps and jungles of the Everglades. A world where the only instinct is survival. A world where the cold-blooded creatures walk on two legs. There's no accident. There's no accident we shot your father. We killed him! (laughs) Now you're gonna get what you gave me a few minutes ago. Stanley. The incredible story of a man and snake. They shared a bond of trust in a world of hate. I'm sorry, Stanley, but you're going to have to stay in the truck. People just don't understand friendly rattlesnakes. Stanley, starring Chris Robinson, a man who could no longer live among men. A snake who trusted his natural enemy and was used to carry out a man's personal vengeance. Stanley, the incredible story of a man who killed to save the friends he loved and learned to love the art of killing. Tim gets mad. Stanley gets deadly. Stanley. 
bite his hand. picture like it. If you have ever touched the emotions of horror and revulsion, if you have ever feared the fangs of death, then you know the terrifying impact of Stanley. A snake that learned that only man kills his own kind. Well, Stanley is... Um a heartwarming tale about a uh, Seminole uh, Vietnam veteran who wants nothing more than to live in the swamp with his snakes. Um, but evil skin trappers in the fashion industry try to destroy his world and also have murdered his father. So he needs to get his just revenge. Uh, we'll start with Mark. Uh, what did you th- what were your general impressions about the film? I did not realize they were making such uh, environmentally messagey films so early in cinema. <laughs> 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 Thank you. No, I, I, I mean, I, I'm serious. I, I felt like it, it hit me over the head with the message more than Fern Gully. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I dug the concept and everything. And, you know, I, I did. I, I enjoyed it. Of course, you know, the Vietnam vet angle and that I saw coming, of course, you know. Mm. And yeah, I, I what impressed me the most was the sheer volume of snakes in this. <laughs> I, I had not seen this before now. Uh, so oh, this wow. was the first watch for me. And when I heard Stanley, I'm like, okay, they must mean, and I didn't, I didn't want to read anything about it ahead of time. And I'm like, okay, they must mean the guy. And they're like, oh, his name's Tim. Oh, his snake is Stanley. Holy <laughs> crap. He's got like, he's got like mutual Omaha's wild kingdom in his kitchen. What the no, hell? Kidding. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and so, and I dug that. I dug the fact they had so many snakes. And I also was looking at going, wow, if this was made today, animal rights activists would be setting it on fire. Mm -hmm. apparently the 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 filmmakers did like four years after that uh, it's capitalized on the jaws craze remade Mm -hmm. the movie (laughs) with a different star but most of the characters moved over into the remake of it so except for some of the snakes yeah of course the snakes didn't quite make it so uh, angelique what are your first impressions about the film um well a lot like mark you know it was very much a pro-environment anti-industry stay out of my swamp uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of movie but you know it also tackled the issue of race um and of of, of native pride um and protests against horrible burlesque oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely have to bring that up in the conversation when we get to that point <laughs> oh. It, it's it's burlesque if uh, like Ozzy Osbourne had had chosen to choreograph it. <laughs> uh, as for me, I, I think Stanley was uh, like like all both of you. I thought it was kind of preachy. <laughs> um, the actors did, I think, the best that they could with with the material. Um, and the film does get stronger as it goes along. Uh, but you know, uh, we'll probably get more to that, uh, as, as we get into the discussion more. Um, so, uh, let's talk about act one, uh, in act one, we're of course introduced to the characters. Uh, we are introduced of course, to the main character, Tim, who is, uh, gravely affected by his time, uh, in the Vietnam war, just like, uh, Angelique had uh, mentioned. And uh, we also learned that the bad guys are uh, essentially uh, poaching snakes, which he doesn't like. Are there any characters that you thought that were notable that were introduced in the first act, Angelique? Um, Let's see. We met Stanley, of course, in the first act, uh, the nicest rattlesnake you'll ever know. (laughs) Unless you do Tim wrong. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, let's see, we meet the doctor that he sells the venom to. Mm-hmm. He was a cool cat. Um, don't we meet the burlesque? We meet the burlesque performer in the first act as well. Yeah. He, he cashes his check and he goes straight to the strip club. <laughs> of course, as you would, <laughs> right? 
It is a 70s movie, of course. Yeah. I wish they would have gotten more into the backstory with the burlesque dancer because uh, there's like a picture of her with his dad. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you're just like your father and got a little creepy weird. <laughs> and then her husband walked in, which he was a trip. <laughs> the club manager guy. Yeah. I really liked him. Bad puns and everything. <laughs> and he honestly thought that 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 is the type of show that would get them over the top. Take it off. Take <laughs> some of it off. While you're at it, take it all off. <laughs> I love the drunk guy. Drunk guy was awesome. Um, and yeah, you get that creepy vibe the minute she said, oh, you're just like your dad. And she's hamming him up like a piece of meat. Like, oh, you look, you got nice, strong arms. And then the, the husband comes in and doesn't even seem phased by it. That, that couple was definitely interesting. Oh. Uh, you know, and it, it, I thought that they kind of felt out of place in the film. The, the way that it was going up until then, I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I, I guess they're kind of showing, you know, that he, he makes a living besides just milking snakes. He also gives the snakes to the burlesque dancer to dance with, but they just felt a little out of place. And, you know, and, and we see why they're introduced, and which we'll, I'm sure we'll get to when we get to the, you know, as the movie moves on. But for me, it's just like, okay, you know, preachy, you know, oh, Vietnam screwed me up. Oh, I'm one with nature. Oh, I'm going to a strip club. Wait, wait what? <laughs> I mean, what else is there to do? That's true. It is a small area. <laughs> that seemed to be like yeah. the one of the things I didn't like about Tim's character, the, you know, the, the main hero, didn't seem very heroic because you would feel sympathetic for him. And then he would do these weird things that didn't seem likable. How about you guys? What, what did you think about that? It's not about him. Uh, it's about it's about Stanley. <laughs> it, it's about it's about Stanley. Stanley actually has more personality in some ways than than Tim does, at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, and yeah, his his character. I don't think you're supposed to like him. Mm. I think you're you're meant to possibly sympathize with him and, and actually feel sorry for him. Yeah. Mm. You're not you're not supposed to like him. You're supposed to feel sorry for him because he's been a victim of the white man's war. He was forced out of college to go to fight, you know, and and I think that is the angle, at least in the beginning, when we're being open, is that you're supposed to feel sympathy for him. You may not like him, Mm -hmm. which you you can do. You you don't have to like someone and still feel sympathy because, yeah, they they play him up as as a true, you know, victim like that's why he's on the outside from his tribe too. He just he's got right. some serious PTSD going on. Oh, and he God. openly rejects his tribe. Yeah. In the beginning as well. They they come like, "Hey, it's the green corn dance thing. Why don't you come party with us?" And he's like, "No. I got to be here in my swamp." <laughs> that was great because it felt like they were coming out to find the stud for the tribe because that talk they were having. <laughs> it was like, "We need to carry on our line for a little longer. You need to come to the green corn dance." I'm like, "What kind of dance is this?" Holy crap. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, I do. I, I really do want to know. <laughs> they do it every Wednesday night at that strip club. <laughs> you mean that? That's a that's a standard weekend for me, dude. Right. <laughs> Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> Somebody we did forget to mention is we also meet Hazel. Yay, Hazel! In the first act, which is his female ah, yes. pet snake who is pregnant. Yes, and who even gets a little adorable flower headdress, which I got a kick out of, so you could tell which one was Hazel and which one was Stanley. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for the flower or the fact that uh, Tim kept wearing Stanley like a scarf, I would never <laughs> have been able to tell them apart. To which I, I just want to say, I am totally. I have nothing a problem with a male snake male snake relationship. I think you know it's a new millennium. <laughs> And that's quite okay. But in here in the 70s, they had to designate one as a female. So (laughs) we definitely had to clear that up. I just I just I didn't want any snake, you know, from the community, the snakes coming at me, you know, in the middle of the night. Oh, they are vicious. They got that venom, you know. Uh, Also introduced were, of course, the bad guys, which are Richard uh, Crail. I finally got his name. I had to look it up because I couldn't actually tell what his name was. I thought it was like like rail or something like that but yeah you, you miss it like i the first time i watched it i was like craig they, 
what? <laughs> and then you're also introduced to Richard's daughter, Susie. Uh, what do you guys think of Susie? Oh, she's a piece, man. She's a piece of work. It's <laughs> <laughs> about that sums it up. Yes. It, it, I'm glad you said it, Angelique, because if I said that, I'm sure we'd be getting phone calls. But no, yes. We probably will get phone calls. <laughs> it's because of the whole snake comment. No, she is a piece. She's really has not much purpose there at all, except to show just how creepy the dad could be. And, you know, and to be kind of on screen, for lack of a better term, eye candy, because uh, our our horrible burlesque show was not meant for that. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it is the 70s. And I mean, she's there with the and not only that, but his henchman buddy is hitting on her and she's not even 18. And I'm like, what the hell is it with the 70s? man? <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, and and to describe it, they they uh, they were they were just basically in this pool scene. She's wearing like a a bikini type of outfit, so she looks very alluring. Uh, and then she's having this huge conversation with her dad about how like how like kind of a strong woman she is, and then she kind of goes off and starts talking with the uh, with the henchman. And it was like, oh yeah, we should we, we're going to get together again, right, later tonight or something like that. I was like, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, we're going to meet later tonight. Well, never mind the fact that dad pulls a trump on her. I mean, uh-huh. just, you know, with the with the ankle and the whole t- and I'm like, dude, we don't need to why do you need we know the bad guy is a bad guy. You, you and she also said, she also said some pretty gross things to her dad too. She was talking about how how she got it from Freddie in her back seat at the drive in <laughs> last night and she's going to get it again and gave that little hip thrust. Ew. <laughs> And, and again, she's not 18 yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I think her character, I think she, the actress herself. Yes, the actress. Was, but she's supposed to be. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> she's going to go off and see the world and make something of herself, dad. Yeah, yeah she's going to actually put on a proper burlesque show in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> with with uh, the rattlesnakes that weren't all rattlesnakes, of course. Remember that? Yeah, yeah that were very noisy rattlesnakes. Now, <laughs> yes. I know rattlesnakes have rattles but man stanley was just shaking that thing all the time honestly i preferred that over the bird soundtrack that they had the 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 weird fake bird thing the same bird track everywhere and they're supposed to be like in a swamp i'm like wow i guess they i guess there are birds in swamps but it sounded more like a suburban type of like atmosphere to me. Anyways, a little foresty <laughs> more so than, than swampy. Yeah. But I suppose it would be sound better than like, like sounds of bugs going. Nye, 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 nye. I would have liked some fly sounds. I mean, you you're in like a that? swamp that would, you know, you give it a little bit more of a swampy <laughs> grimy feel to it. You know, I honestly wanted swamp thing to come out and like, <laughs> Which one, Swamp Thing 1 or Swamp Thing uh, 2? I know everyone likes 2, but I like number 1. Uh, <laughs> just hold Tim's head underwater for a minute. That's not how you handle snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Act 2. This is where things start to ratchet up, of course. Uh, you get uh, Crail and Sydney. They're, they're poaching more snakes. Of course, Tim goes and frees them. Uh, then we are actually forced to uh, or th- this kind of forces them to bring on a new guy. One of my favorite characters called uh, Marty or Psycho. Um, <laughs> he's just kind of like this coked out worker that has this reputation of killing things. Uh, wh- so, uh, Angelique, what, what do you think about uh, Psycho? Oh, I hated him. You hated him. I hated him. I hated his pants. I hated him. He <laughs> killed that frog for no reason. <laughs> that was awful. Just sitting there all high and stuff. And here's this little frog on the car. Oh, hi, little frog smash. No, <laughs> you don't treat frogs like that. But this is actually after um, Creel and the other guy whose name I cannot remember because I don't think they ever said it. Yeah, um, I think it's Sydney, though. Sydney got soundly trounced by Tim, and Sydney got bit on the tuchus. <laughs> by Stanley in yeah. the best snake attack we've ever seen. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, what do you, what did you think of that scene? They're they're basically in a kind of quicksand uh, mark. What do you think? 
Oh, the later on where they're getting the quicksand? Yeah. Yeah. No, I dug that scene. What I got a kick out of in the be- uh, in, at the start of it is yeah. when uh, Tim first confronts him, what Angelique was talking about, where oh. he, get, he gets bit in the, in the butt. Oh, that's uh, right. You know, the, the snake bites Stanley in the butt. And what I love about that is for, for the budget they, pro- they, they shot this on probably, and the fact they had a live snake doing it, mm-hmm. they actually give Stanley some really decent personality. And this is a very uh, ram- this is a very active snake who really goes out, you know, you really almost feel like he is consciously making these decisions. I mean, he sneaks out of the truck, he mm-hmm. moves up to his owner and bites the guy in the butt. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And they, I think that's directed well. And then we get that later on with the quicksand scene where the guys are out there. They got psycho. Who's all coked out of his mind. Worst <laughs> hitman ever. Really? <laughs> Seriously. You're in the backwoods swamp and this is the best guy you could find to go kill someone. Seriously. <laughs> Grab a six pack of bud and you could grab any gator hunter to probably shoot the, in, you know, the Indian guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but here, you know, uh, we get Stanley again and we do get some personality with him because he's six like a dog. He's six Stanley on him. And the guy's debating, OK, do I get bit by the rattlesnake or do I drown? <laughs> I, I really liked how that scene played out, but it also shows how the bloodthirst has now really uh, ratcheted up on Tim. Yeah, he starts you know. to change at this point. But what pushes uh, Tim over the edge is, of course, what uh, Psycho does next. Uh, he basically... I think he do you think he came out of his kind of coke haze or was he still in his coke haze when he uh, went into Tim's cabin? Oh, no, he was told. I mean, he, still of pills. Yeah. he, he took a handful of whatever. Upper, right yeah. After he yeah. on the boat. I mean, that dude was flying when he went in there <laughs> and, you know, for what he did. And. Yeah, it, again, what surprised me, and again, well, this is the, the time they could kind of get away with it, but I think they actually killed a few snakes. That's uh, We were sitting here watching it again because, I mean, I've I watched it, you know, a few times, and I love this movie, but, but that scene, I'd forgotten just how gross it was, and you see this little baby snake moving, and then the butt of that rifle comes down, and the baby snake isn't moving anymore. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's no real special effects there. That was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you know he was coked out of his mind okay uh and and poor hazel gets shot in the and basically her snake head you know just ugh, it was sad to yeah. which again i think they actually shot the snake oh my god <laughs> i, I think so I, you look at the way that snake I'm looking at that going, okay, that's either a really realistic but the way the shredding and tearing is on that snake i'm like I think they shot the snake. Maybe I don't know. it was an already dead snake. Or, or it it's could possible, have been. Yeah. Sorry, it could have been an already dead snake. In fact, but, a few of those stunt snakes could have been dead snakes, but they just were too realistic. I think for the budget they were on. Right. Yeah. It was a real snake, dead or alive. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's, and, and again, early seventies. So you're talking those those under lower budget films were killing animals for real on camera so this would be the reason to have the humane society say no animals are harmed and so yeah you don't you don't get that message at the end of this movie yes you watch it all the way to the end just waiting for it and it does not come (laughs) get the you get the lovely songs though you get the the mentioned songs i know well see we made up our own song (laughs) no way well i mean like we we just because, I mean, I'm a little goof, you know this, yeah. and, you know, I just kind of, you know, hey, I'm a snake, and my name is Stanley, look, there's a tree, and it's named Stanley, you know, and just everything, <laughs> you know, just going along in the boat, the boat's name is Stanley, too, you know, a lot better than the soundtrack to the movie. <laughs> what, what is it with the 70s horror thriller films to have these John Denver type of easily easy listening songs while horrible shit is happening? Oh, sorry. Horrible stuff is happening. <laughs> I, I'm like, here, did you listen to the words too to that song that's opening itself? Like, oh, yeah. John Denver, Smoky Mountain. Wait, what do you mean? Animals are dying and plants are. It's like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Watching an episode of The Muppets through psychos point of view 
Exactly. <laughs> I did like Psycho's moment there where he just kind of whipped the gun out. You know, you know, at this closer age, I could tear you both in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give the give the guy named Psycho a gun and a knife. That's a great plan, you guys. <laughs> yes, yes, Psycho, you just stay here by the car, okay? <laughs> I like how you know he's sitting there waiting on them, keeps checking his watch, and looks at his watch and gives us the whoa face, like, oh, it's so late. Let me take more drugs. Uh, also, what happens in this act is uh, we we get back to the burlesque and and we actually get to see dancer Gloria pull a uh, Ozzy Osbourne with the snake. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, they start talking about it in this one, don't they? I mean, yeah. we, we don't actually really see that till closer to the third act of it happening. But they talk about doing something with the snakes, mm-hmm. and and we don't get to really see that till I think the la- the you know near the end. But yeah, they're talking about it. She doesn't really want to do it. I'm just like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think in the second act they left a little bit of mystery uh, to it first um, of what this awful thing. No, he actually said it when she was having her little meltdown. Oh, she had a little dancer tantrum. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's and he okay. was like, you bite the head off of one snake and it's going to be okay, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I missed that. At first. Yeah, you're right. No yeah. amount of bourbon or whatever it was that she drank could get that taste out of her mouth. There's no you way. want to bet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> So how many how many snake heads have you bitten off? I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> so which which form of alcohol does do well of washing down the taste of snake, Angelique? <laughs> tequila, of course. Oh, te- <laughs> tequila clears the palate of anything. Yeah, you know, you it's got that worm. it's got that castigan, cactus in there. <laughs> uh, was was there anything in this act that stood out to you guys, uh, Mark? Well, no, I mean, I I liked how they ratcheted it up. It's where it goes where you expect it to, you know, with the Tim character and you're seeing what happens, you know, with him and, and how he's getting his revenge. And you're like, all right. But then you look at the clock and you go, <laughs> wait, we still have 20 minutes to this film and he's just off the bad. You're like, okay, what's going to happen now? Oh, he takes the girl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where's this going? Because I I don't think Stan, I mean, I understand Stanley lost his lover, but you picked the wrong species, dude. (laughs) Well, that's, that's not till a bit later. We're just, well, yeah, that's Yeah. That's true. I'm sorry. But this oh, movie no. lends itself to wanting to jump to the end, really, yes. honestly. Yeah, you want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where in that second act, it, it hits all the beats that you totally predicted from the first act. Mm-hmm. It's just after that. And he, you know, the, the, to the point to where he finally gets to the main bad guy after going through all his lackeys that it really just takes this turn. Like, you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, how about you, Angelique? What what stood out in this act for you? Um, the doorman to the burlesque club, <laughs> Butterball Smith. Butterball, <laughs> he's my hero, man. <laughs> the whole murder conversation, you're talking yeah, because because Tim, you know, he's like, "Hey, Tim, what's the matter, man?" And he's it's like, "Oh, Hazel's dead. She got shot." And all six of her children. And Butterball's like, what? Did they catch the murderers? Oh, my God. And Tim says, oh, no, Stanley got him. And he's like, Stanley, man, what? Wait a minute. Are you talking about a rattlesnake? Don't you make no fool of me again. <laughs> oh. That was the best. <laughs> He was he was hilarious. He was a he was a high highlight of that. <laughs> yeah, the whole that whole conversation just oh. was out out there, and it was definitely a, a, a higher moment for me in the film. Uh, for this act, I, I think I enjoyed the psycho moment uh, only because it just he his character seemed very much out there, and at this point, it was like, oh, well, this, this is interesting. So uh, he he actually pulled me into the film a lot more than say uh, Tim did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am going to uh, move on to act three. Uh, this is, uh, um, this is where I think it 
kind of ends. I, I, I think the, of this movie as being a three act play and not a four act play. Uh, and, uh, this is where we basically, this is after, uh, Tim flips completely. He goes totally nuts because, uh, you know, he's, he's buried Hazel. He's buried the kids. Um, he's gotten revenge on, on Gloria and his, uh, her husband. Uh, he's now going out there. He's, he's basically going to kill Richard now. Uh, and Richard's in the pool. And then after he, after he goes and has snakes kill him, which by the way, those weren't rattlesnakes. No, those are water moccasins. Those are water moccasins. <laughs> yeah. Like, Can we is- talk about him jumping into the pool in that freeze frame? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Why don't you talk about that? Well, you know, Tim fills the pool with water moccasins, and because every morning Richard has a swim after uh, working out with the tiniest dumbbells I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and he goes to just full on belly flop into the pool, and then sees all the snakes, and it freeze frames of him going. Whoa! <laughs> It is so good. It's the best. Yeah, it adds an unexpected element of humor in the film where up until this point, it was trying to take itself. It felt like it was taking itself a bit serious. And then all of a sudden they do this freeze frame with that goofy look. And I'm just like, wow, what? <laughs> you know, suddenly I'm, I'm getting the voiceover from Dukes of Hazard in here. <laughs> well, Richard's in a heck of a mess, man. <laughs> And you go to commercial, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then you cut back to Richard fighting with a bunch of fake snakes in the pool. <laughs> of course. Drunk. Which, you know, Tim, the snake whisperer, I give him full credit because to get those snakes to attack on command, you know, was just was great. I mean, you, you're just in the water with the snakes. There's no real, you know, they're not just going to come up and randomly bite you. <laughs> But these were like legitimately going after it. I'm like, oh, Tim's got some like snake whisperer shit going on, you know. Yeah, I'm no snake expert, but you know, I think you're right. I I, I think they'd be trying to swim away from him, especially after he belly flops. They'd just be like, (laughs) what the hell? (laughs) Well, it was just like, you know, when he dumped, you know, just prior to this, where he dumped the snakes all over the old couple, you know, it was just like, just putting the snakes on people isn't going to get him to attack. So he had to have some, you know, training little, little training thing there. And which is what they kind of alluded to, especially in this third act of him having like, you know, being more snake than man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The snakes were his brothers. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't feel human. He feels like a snake. Well, I mean, and this is the act where he takes the, the daughter back yes. to his place and she, Wow, I don't know. I don't know if they didn't know what to do with her character. Well, that or... was the quickest case of Stockholm syndrome I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, you you throw a girl off her horse and knock her out, then you put her in a boat to the swamp, and then you play a love song as they go back to the cabin, and she's like, "Okay, this is cool. I'll stay here. You got a lot of snakes. What's that? Ah, fine. Let's go to bed." <laughs> well, that's the thing with her. I mean, first they put her in a boat where she could have bolted. I mean, he's sitting there and he, you know, and I thought, she, I thought she was going to, yes. I thought that's what they were going for because he couldn't start it right away. I'm like, run, just get, just get out of the boat and run. By the time he gets out of the boat, you got at least, you know, a good leg on him. And then she's in the boat. She kind of puts her hand on her face like, ah, oh, well, I'm in this predicament now. <laughs> Ho-hum, kidnapped again. Yeah, then John Denver comes in with this beautiful, well, not John Denver, but like John Denver, and they yes. got this beautiful son, and I'm like, what the hell? And yeah, then Angelique said, you sh- they get her in the apartment, and all of a sudden, she's just all up on, oh, you want to sleep with me? Let's go. Yeah. You kill my dad, let's do it. Yeah, they literally slept. And they did sleep. They didn't yes. actually have, yeah. have, have sex either, which surprised me. And then she's just like, yeah, I'm going to take some food and I'm leaving tomorrow morning. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I think they tried to establish that type of character in the beginning, but it, it just didn't. Uh. But well, I think I think it was the way the dialogue was. Yeah. But why did they have Tim suddenly like be obsessed with her, especially after they had established that he he is like snake dude. And he even it even has a discussion, a dialogue with her that solidifies the fact that he is the snake dude he'd prefer to be a snake but yet let's be adam and eve in this new world of non-snake well i mean the serpent needed somebody to talk to (laughs) (laughs) 
If I had a nickel for every guy that said that to me, hey, want to talk to my serpent? No. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like being on Tinder all over again. <laughs> Which way do you swipe now? <laughs> oh swipe. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it this was the oddest part of this film because up until this point, I'm like, okay, this is hitting where I'm going to. And then I mean, wait, what? She's going to be the Eve in your garden? I'm like, dude, like an hour ago, you were turning down the women they were going to throw at you to help c- keep your species going. And now you're like, oh, I have an Eve for my garden. I'm like, what changed, man? <laughs> you know, I mean, they didn't establish that. I don't think well enough that why he took her. I was hoping he would like feed her to the snakes or something, but instead, no, he's all up with this Eve and soliloquy, and I'm just like, oh, really? Someone bite him? <laughs> but maybe that's why Susie was such. She's kind of like a like a snake or like a cold blooded type of individual. She just moves with however her temperature is, you know. Uh, she's <laughs> so she, out of all the people that he's met, she's probably the closest to a snake that a human could be because of how wishy washy she is. She basically, okay. has to sit out in the sun to be warm enough to do something that she wants to do kind of thing i know i'm reading way no that's a good wow that's that's deep holy that's a lot (laughs) deeper than i think the people who wrote this film intended (laughs) i mean that is kind of true because i mean she does strike him like she Mm -hmm. says all the things that he does not want to hear and he does not like it one bit And you're right, Paul. I think you're onto something. Everybody, there, there's more than one type of snake in this film. You have mm-hmm. the, the regular snakes who are actually pretty cool. I like seeing them all the time, him getting them out of the cages and that and hanging out. <laughs> and one dude goes, dude, I got a line. George Lucas might hire me for this film in about eight years. But um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> you know they're talking shopping that but no and then you get the human snakes which are the the villains you know they're she the daughter is is slimy and she's slithering behind his back you know you got the 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 guy you know the old couple with uh them they're being slimy too they're they're kind of being snakes as well going behind tim's back and uh-huh. so yeah you do have a lot of different snakes in here and i think you're onto something there paul uh-huh, cool but and 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 this is where we get to see the the one really good snake in the film, <laughs> which is of course Stanley. 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 <laughs> yeah, well, Stanley's the the he's the most pure character in this whole thing. He's just along for the ride. He's just like freaking. He's definitely nice. the moral compass of the film. That Stanley. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's probably the better actor in the film too. <laughs> I just, you know, the, the telepathic moment they share when he's trying to make him bite. Oh God, uh, Susie, and he won't do it because Susie legitimately has done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So that was it. You know, Stanley, Stanley's like, no, here's your face. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have totally laughed if the snake would have just busted out. Yo, here's your face. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Suddenly Stanley grows vocal cords. But you, Angelique, tell me you didn't have the Trust in Me song from Jungle Book kick in when they were doing the staring back and forth. All I'm like thinking going, oh, my God, it's Jungle Book. <laughs> no, no, honestly, I didn't. But that's excellent. Oh. No, what I kept thinking of is that scene in uh, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Back and forth. <laughs> zooming in, zooming out, zooming in. Zooming out. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that, that's all I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god. But, but yeah, Stanley is probably the 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 true good character who really, you know, is purely good in this whole thing. That's because he's indifferent. I mean, to the, to the world that, you know, it's like, well, she didn't do anything wrong. Why would I bite her, man? You know, he's just he's kind of along for the ride, but at the same time he's like 
He, he's the best. He's the one that's got the most morals and conscience. <laughs> oh, see, yeah. I personally would have liked that this act not happen in the film mm-hmm. because I was ready to be sympathetic with Tim. I was ready that, oh, yeah, this this is a this is a film. This is a revenge film, you know, and, and that's what makes it kind of that horror-esque type, nine, you know, 1970s semi-porn type film no um, no that was blood mania oh that's blood mania oh my god <laughs> boob mania boob mania forever are going to be called that <laughs> but when well, yeah. oh, oh, go ahead sorry no, i was just gonna say that this this act just throws me for a loop it's like everything that i found sympathetic about him anything redeeming about him he just lost and i understand the reason for that this was to complete his story arc to to show the the darkness that he's in but it's like uh, I needed a hero, and um, well, I guess Stanley is the hero, my hero in this film. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he's supposed to be, I think. And in, in all, in all honesty, you knew Tim's character was kind of doomed from the beginning. Yeah, uh, especially the time period that this comes out in. We're talking, you know, just post Nam. So yeah. you get movies like this, especially when you had a Vietnam character or a character who was in Nam or served in Nam or whatnot. It was not the movie was not going to end well for for him. You you know, I mean, just the way the other movies of this time, at least the ones that I've seen, are are similar in that it, it permanently breaks the individual what they experienced while over there fighting. And Tim is that same one. He he tried to stay away from humans. I think in part not just because he loved snakes. I think in part because he knew if he was around too many people, what would happen happens at the end of this film to where he just completely has a psychotic snap mm-hmm. and you know it, it only it just relates to snakes because that's what he hangs out with but i honestly personally uh, think that that's what they were trying to go for was just that underlying maybe you know is that nam will break it has broken those people who served in it you know unfortunately uh so what we're going to do is we're going to take our break and when we get back we're going to have our final thoughts about stanley and uh we're going to also rate stanley uh using our unique rating system and now we take a short break are you hip to the fact that the greatest actors on earth are Corey Feldman and Linnea Quigley? Do you realize that Jim Wynorski and Neil Breen are the best directors? Then Junk Food Dinner wants you. Junk Food Dinner is the schlitziest cult movie podcast on the internet. Each week, three schlitzies each pick a movie and then relentlessly argue about them or occasionally lovingly agree upon them. Find us on your app of choice or online at I'm releasing these files to the public today. Do you like horror movies? So do we. Plucks his little eyeballs yep. out. Because his tongue out. On out. She yep. was great. Do you like American Horror Story? So do we. There were some butts. Yep. Killings. Yep. Butt. Yep. Killings. Butt. Yep. Killings. If it's over 90% cheek, that's your butt. You see the essence of the butt. Are you into vampires dancing in mesh tank tops? Us too. I was mesmerized by the mesh tank top and leather pants. Are you into high-minded film critique and discussion? Because we've got that. And it is beautifully filmed. Like, it really... Just the stark contrast of colors, like you said. Not your thing? How about a dick joke? His dick, dude. He put his yeah. dick in a fucking pig. Come on. We've also got one dude to give dude perspective. Zombie apocalypse is no time to have your head in the pussy clouds, Mickey. This is survival. <laughs> Thank you. So head over to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen, and subscribe to The Bloodlust, your go-to podcast for a classy broads and a token dude talking horror. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astro Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast hosted by me, Derek Carey. I was one of those monster kids growing up. The one that used to sit in the back end of that video store and scour over every single last film cover you saw back there. From the slashers to the monsters to the sleazy stuff. Yeah, I was freaking obsessed. And I still am. 
So much so, I became a filmmaker myself. Now I bring on all my filmmaker friends, critics, musicians, and any other fans of the dark arts, which are horror, exploitation, and cult film. Are you one of these people? Then tune in and listen to my show, Astro Radio Z. And we're back, everybody. Uh, we're going to give our final thoughts, and we're going to also rate Stanley. Uh, and our uh, unique rating system is very simple. You can either like it, which is definitely worth uh, finding and watching. Uh, you can also lump it, which means that you should probably avoid watching this film. And then there's the um, maybe. And that's basically you should watch it mm, if there's certain caveats that we might uh, introduce into it. So uh, we're going to start out with our guest, Jerk, which is my uh, Mark the Movie Man. Uh, what were your final thoughts about this film and how would you rate it? Uh, well, first, thanks for having me on. I, I'm totally digging this. This is a great show. I appreciate being on the second episode. And as, and as far as my final thoughts on this film, um, you know, for the time period, one of the things I do dig about the early 70s and even into the mid 70s is it was an interesting time for film is because filmmakers were ex were experimenting with many different stories <laughs> and how to approach them, whether it was good decisions or bad, good movies or bad. They were taking risks. They were doing something different than what had come prior. And Stanley is definitely one of those. I think for back then it's an ambitious film to actually have one of your characters be a snake, be an actual animal and try to give it a personality. And I think that it accomplishes very well. You, you actually kind of see Stanley as his buddy, you know, as his good buddy, in fact, um, and, and have a bit of a personality as far as the human, the rest of the film goes, uh, to rate it, it'll be, eh, yeah, watch it. But uh, I would only recommend it to those who are looking for unusual or different films from that time period. Those who don't mind a, a little bit lower production value and, you know, who, who enjoy the 70s B films definitely should seek it out if they haven't watched it already. Uh, your your main medium of the road viewer or whatnot is probably not going to appreciate it or, or really be entertained. I, I actually was entertained by this just because I had no idea exactly where they were going. I thought so halfway through the film when he was getting his revenge on. And then that last 20 minutes, I was like, oh, well, this is just out of left field. And... <laughs> Did I like that out of the left field? Well, I liked parts of it, but it was still them doing something different. And I guess that's what Stanley definitely is, is, is a different film uh, from an interesting time period in when cinema was, was up and coming and, and you're getting more films made, you know, more experimental films, more stuff that people just taking chances. Uh, so that's my thought on it. Well, definitely, definitely. Uh, Angelique, our lipstick jerk, what did you think about the film and how would you rate it? Oh, well, I mean, this is, to me, this is just one of those crazy left field 70s flicks that, you know, you have to see just to realize, <laughs> you know, it's not all about boobs. It's not all about blood, but hey, there's, you know, man versus nature versus city versus um girls you know <laughs> uh, it's just i i when it's, from the first time i saw it i was like yeah this is this has a special place in my dark little heart um so i definitely give it a like it uh, okay uh, as for me I, I would say that the uh unsung hero in this film is probably frank weed who is the the snake wrangler of the film uh he definitely was able to get um all the performances out of the snakes uh was a really really good job um, and, uh, but unfortunately I felt that the film was a little bit too preachy for me. And, uh, even though the third act did get really exciting, it wasn't enough for me to, uh, really appreciate this film like I would, uh, want. And so I would give it a lump it, um, for this film. So, but, uh, that said, uh, both, uh, Angelique and, uh, Mark have given really good, uh, 
reasons to go watch it. So if if you're compelled by anything that they've said, definitely go watch it. But if you're more like me, I would say lump it. <laughs> so uh, at this point, let's uh, talk about uh, where else you can find us. Uh, how about you, uh, Angelique? Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Just, you know, look me up. I'm not that hard to find. Um, you can also find me and some really funny cats on the losthighway.com. We do some cool movie reviews and you can hear me on uh, several of uh, Astro Radio Z's programs. Aha. And how about you, Movielicious Mark? I like that. I I, I may just uh, I carry that. I like Movielicious. That that, that works. Uh, well, again, thank you. I appreciate being on this show. This is a lot of fun. Uh, if at all you're curious about anything that I do, uh, One Stop Shop is usually specialmarkproductions.com. And that from there, you can get links to most of the work that I do. There's a link there to my YouTube channel where I do movie reviews and occasionally a, a music video or some such. Uh, there's links to the podcast where uh, some of these uh, fine folks have been on as well as uh, uh, there, the spoiler room. And occasionally I even do the written word on We Live Entertainment. Dot com, which I also do a horror segment every Thursday. I feature a horror film uh, on their YouTube channel at We Live Entertainment on the YouTube. So I'm a little bit all over the place. If you want to follow me, you can check me out on the Twitters at Movie Maniac 3D or on the Facebook. You can find Special Mark Productions. I definitely recommend going to the site. There's so much stuff there. It's a unbelievable. You, you'll love it. You'll love it. Uh, as for me, you can find me uh, on the internet uh, at Forsaken Film Reviews. Blues and greens. Somehow I feel so much at ease. My soul is free. Could you imagine being a sparrow?